I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I talk with movement enthusiasts to learn who they are, what they do, and why they do it. My guest today is Rodrigo Pimentel. Welcome, Rodrigo. How are you? Thank you very much. Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, just so many things to talk about. Uh, so we do the that intro that's at the front. I don't edit that on later, people. I, I actually just said it. <laughs> That's true. I confirm. <laughs> Sometimes guests are like that's surprising. I didn't realize that you actually say that. I'm like, yeah, I said it a couple times now. Um, we met at the rendezvous in London. And I'm going to think that was, was that September. Was that August? It was mid August. Mid August. Um, and it was super cool. I always love when I get a chance to talk to people in person before I get a chance to talk to them virtually. So we had a little call before, and then we talked a little bit today. Um, and there's two kinds of people, people who know who you are and people who don't know who you are. If they know who you are, they know the story, but most people probably don't know your story. And we wanted to talk today about recovery. <clears throat> so um, I won't tell the story for you, but we wanted to talk today about recovery and about lessons like how your parkour training wound up being sort of like the pre-journey to the hero's journey, I would say. Um, and as I was thinking about this show, um, for people listening, uh, if anybody knows Andy Fisher, there used to be a great podcast called The Hero Forge. And I, I will say that I have saved all the episodes. I have them all, um, but it's no longer available as a podcast. And I was like, oh, you totally need to talk to Andy Fisher. So maybe one day I can get the two of you together with microphones oh, and I'd love nice. to hear you guys have a conversation too. Um, but the Hero Forge diatribe aside, um, can you tell me a little bit like, because we just, it's like, I don't know how much of it you want to unpack, um, but tell me like what happened to you and Give me some context for like how it started and what really happened. Yeah. So nearly three years ago, it was December 2020, I had a stroke. Uh, I fully collapsed. Uh, it was in my house. I can tell the whole story a bit later. I collapsed in my house. I had to be rescued with a wider window, as they do here in Amsterdam where I live. Um, I had to go into emergency surgery. It was a, a thrombosis. It was essentially like a... My brain was, I had a clot, like a brain artery had a clot. So they had to lower my body temperature, do emergency surgery, remove the clot. They did, it worked, of course, uh, but they didn't know it at the time. So it, they knew that the surgery had been a success, but they told my wife, who, who was there, thankfully, and who was the one who actually called uh, uh, emergency services, uh, they told, okay, so we managed to remove the clot, but we don't know if he's going to wake up. If he does, we don't know if he's going to be like a vegetable. And if he's not, we don't know if he's going to recognize anyone. And if he does, they couldn't tell you. Yeah. We have to wait and see. Also, we don't know how long it's going to take for him to wake up if he does. Hmm. So it was it was like very like a near death experience. So to this day, I'm not entirely sure if technically I was dead at all. Maybe I'm, hmm. I'm even that I'm not entirely sure. It's not, it's, it's been clear to me. I tend to joke, like you know, that, you know, so that, that I that I was dead. And I, you know, oh, like when I died, this when I died that, but I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, close um, enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we need to split hairs on that. I would call that close enough. Yeah, <sighs> and then like I did wake up that same day, and I had 
so I had it all like it was everything was a bit hazy, but I had all my fa- my faculties. I recognized my wife and uh, my very good good friend who was there with her, like helping her and helping us. <clears throat> uh, but I couldn't. Well, I couldn't see properly everything was very blurry and then i had double vision for a long time because my brain couldn't process the mm. like damages from from both eyes so I, I had to wear an eye patch for a long time i had to wear an eye patch which was funny uh, i could barely speak my, my, my voice was very slurred it was it was as if like as if you go out on a very cold day and your lips sort of freeze mm. and then you see it's harder to speak but it was like and it was that times a hundred. It was really hard to speak. Uh, I, I hear back like so audio, like messages that I sent from the time. And I can hardly understand myself. Uh, I I couldn't walk at all. Uh, I had very. I didn't have it like motor control in my hands. Like I couldn't hold a, like a glass or anything. Uh, no things like that. Like uh, I think that was like that was. That's the bulk of it. Um, yeah, so this is what happened. And it only takes, I didn't look exactly, but it's like two minutes to explain <laughs> it, right? And it happened, sounds like it happened in moments, like things went from being, I have a headache to, you know, we need to call emergency services. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's hard to convey people who've spoken to you in person would have a good sense of what it means to you to, to hear you tell that like it's um, some of it is lost in video, but I think most that if I had to choose audio or video, I'll take audio <laughs> over no video uh, over having video. And I think if people get a chance to talk to you, even as you tell that story, not the first time you've told that story, uh, I can still hear and I can still see that it it's very, um, obviously deeply meaningful to you. And I, what I would hope that we can capture today is some sense of, of the journey. I don't know that we necessarily want to take people to the dark place, you know, and, <laughs> and although it's your show, you can go wherever you want. I'll do my best to follow. But I think when you and I had talked previously, you had talked about some of the things that you began imagining or, you know, well, if I can, do this, I could try that. And the idea of how do you begin, um, I was going to say moving, but I paused because it didn't be, didn't start with physical movement, but how did you begin navigating from, I don't want to say being trapped in your mind, like all you have mm. is your mental faculties, because I don't want to make it sound so negative, like, oh, you're trapped. Um, yeah. But how did you navigate from that space where you maybe felt trapped? Did you feel trapped to, how did you navigate to what are the first signs that made you think that, you know, transformation was possible from that newfound experience? I think, so, as much as I would like to sort of claim credit for, for how I recovered, or like how I faced recovery, and by the way, uh, you mentioned you know, that, that our story today was going to be about recovery. So it's not recovery. From, if the listener hasn't realized yet, it's not recovery from sore muscles. It's recovery from death. So, uh, but I, the way I faced recovery, I think was very positive. It was, it was a very light way of seeing that. And as I say, much so light to take credit for it. Um, 
it just came naturally. And I was, I, I in all this uh, experience, I think I was very lucky. And one of the ways was one of the ways in which I was lucky was that uh, I even surprised myself by realizing how relaxed I was about all this. Because if if you'd asked me before the stroke, you know, oh, if you had a stroke, how you know you were confined to bed, how would you, you know, you couldn't you could barely speak, you could barely see, you couldn't use your hands properly. How do you think you'd react? And my um, my expectation was that I would be, I'd be angry, I'd be bitter, I'd be annoyed, I'd be like, like everything fails. Like you can't do simple stuff, like very simple stuff. You can't hold the thing. I remember a bit later on, I was, I was starting already to get some of my my remote control back, um, and I wanted to use my computer, and I couldn't type my password. Because my finger would just just twitch, I'd just go into mm. the right keys, and just uh, can do things that I, and you know, I, I I'm a touch typist, I can type very easily, and it was very you know the kind of thing of being infuriating. But all through that, like even in the very beginning, when I was I was not trapped in my body in that sense because I couldn't move, I was like trapped in bed, I couldn't walk, I couldn't like, I couldn't be independent by you know, any means whatsoever. Um. But all the time, again, luckily, I think I saw this as, okay, this is, this is what it is. This is something that happened. What I can do now is, what I can affect now is, what can I do about it? Like, what's the best I can try? And even then, like, as, as with uh, when I was uh, you know, post-surgery, uh, all my therapists and doctors, like they couldn't say, "Oh, yeah, you're going to walk again." Like if you put in the effort, you're going to walk, or you're going to be able to, you know, type or write again, or tie your shoelaces again. Uh, none of this was certainty, like at all. Like mm-hmm. no matter how much effort I put in, and this is something I was talking to someone. I don't remember who it was. Like the other day, very recently, uh, about all this and about all the effort that I put in, which I did. Uh, and they said, well, you know, you trust in the process. And I wasn't trusting the process because it was not guaranteed that the process was going to get you there. Because if it were like, yeah, because sometimes, you know, if you trust the process and you do it, you're going to get there. Fine. Then it's, you know, I'm saying it's easy, but it's simple. So you can, you can trust the process, mm-hmm. do the thing like consistently, and then you, you, you'll, you'll achieve what you want. But that wasn't the case. It was very uncertain. Like there was no, the, uh, the, 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 well, I stayed like for a week in hospital and then, and then they moved me to a rehab uh, facility essentially. And there I had loads of different types of therapy, like f- physical therapy, speech therapy, etc., occupational therapy. Um, and all of them very clear, like we'll help you go as far as you want, as far as you can. Uh, we're making no promises. We have no idea. Like all we can do is try. Fine. So yeah, fine. I'll do it. And then, then I did it. Uh, and I, I've said it many times, and I'll keep saying it. I was very lucky in that my recovery, like, it went really well. But it, I, 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 I face like everything. I took everything as as a bonus. Like everything was a bonus. Like the the the, the way my life was at that point was, I can't walk. Maybe like at the point where. Because in the beginning, everything was a bit foggy, but at the point where I started to think more like clearly about this, 
I could maybe walk a few steps with a walker. Uh, I could hard, hardly speak. I, I had to wear an eye patch. Uh, you know, those kind of things. I, I, I couldn't write to his computer or anything. So that 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 was life. Okay. This is this is where I am right now. Anything else a bonus? But I'm only going to get a bonus if I do something about it. Like, I rather, I, I I will only get a chance of getting the bonus if I do something about it. So yeah, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. do it. Fine. So that's where I started. Yeah, I was immersing myself in all the therapies. You um, you mentioned the the idea of independence and how I'm I'm wondering. I'm always interested in in transitions or when something happens to someone, if they how soon after it happens do they notice that the that the change has actually occurred? So, like, how do you have any any recollection of when you realized? Oh, it seems to me like what's really been taken away, the thing that really hurt, is the independence thing. Like, those of us who train in parkour, a lot of what we do is very independent. Yes, we we go to jams or we go to classes, and but really, it's it's oneself. Like, it's a method of improving oneself, and it's very independent. And I'm wondering if you noticed quickly or later, or like, there seems to be like this really powerful, um, I want to say like skill that you had, which was the ability to to actually rely on other people, to ask for help, to to yeah. be receptive of help and i'm not convinced that i would be any good at that and and maybe maybe if something really traumatic happens i'd have the opportunity to be a different person i i don't know but like does that strike you as like a real thing that i'm pointing at about that shift from yeah definitely uh this is also uh, an aspect in which like, i surprise myself at being like positive about it because usually I, i'm not good at like so accepting help for things i'm, I'm good at offering help and trying to be there and like, <laughs> to make sacrifices to, to help people uh i'm not good at, at accepting that help at all uh but but i was very like very yeah. good i think very receptive to help when i was uh, recovering and i think and, and, I, and i reflected about it Again, because I was surprised. Um, and what I noticed was that I'm not good at accepting help when I think I should be able to do it. Like, you know, you know oh, mm. should I help you carry it? No, no I, I should be able to do it. Like, no. e- even if maybe I, I can't, you know, even if it's too heavy, oh, I, should be, I should be stronger. Or if I'm injured, oh, I, you know, I, I should, whatever, just works to the vein or... I'm not saying it's, it's a good thing or it's reasonable, but that that's that's where my mind goes. But then, it, like to me, it was very clear that it wasn't my fault, you know, because the whole stroke thing, well, we could never f- fully understand. Like doctors could never say, okay, this is exactly what happened, <clears throat> and because I didn't have high cholesterol, I was actually I was exercising a lot. Like I was very healthy. They checked my heart for like holes. It was none, nothing obvious. There was like this. There's a chance of related to an aneurysm that I, yeah. any nerve aneurysm that I've had forever, <clears throat> but but it wasn't my, you know, nothing I could have done differently. So it wasn't my fault, and and I never felt that it was my fault. And I know that a lot of people who go through some kind of experience like that, they they, even though it may not be rational, they will feel like it's their fault. Right. Uh, we like we had counseling as well, and it, this is one of the things that they asked me. Yeah, I never did. So again, I wasn't as 
condition. I couldn't do anything about it, like me in the short term. It was my fault. So no, if I couldn't eat with a spoon, yeah, I'll, I'll take help. It's fine. Like, it's, you know, there's there's nothing. Can I, there's no amount of stubbornness that will get me through it. I just won't be able to do it. No. <laughs> if I can't walk unless someone like props me up, yeah, I can't. I literally can't. Like if I put my feet on the ground, I will collapse. So I, I I just accepted help like very easily, very naturally. I think because it was very clear. It was like intimately clear to me that. I needed a help, like as in, that is fine. Like there's no way I can do this. Just like you know, I'll take help if I'm carrying, I don't know, a big chest around. Uh, you know, and it's like you know, this is not meant for a person to carry. That that was that was, uh, I think that's how I saw things. And when I was, especially when I was in recovery, yeah, I that's fine. There's no shame. There's no. There's nothing I can do to to do on my own. And that that makes me wonder. There might not be, but maybe I'm hope I'm wrong. There might not be anything that you can suggest to someone. <laughs> so uh, here's a, a random thought that I had today. I'm like, oh, I feel like this connects. I was <laughs> just sitting in a reading chair, thinking, you know, oh, I get to get to get to talk to Rodrigo this afternoon. Afternoon, my time, evening for you. Um, and I was thinking, I actually feel pretty tired. Like. It's kind of the holidays around here and I haven't been eating so well. And I went for a run today and it was like, I rate, you know, I'm like, well, it wasn't the best run ever. I felt like I was working hard, but it's cold and it's gray. I'm in the Northern hemisphere. And I was just kind of sitting there thinking, I wasn't feeling that that was a lousy day or a lousy run. I was just like, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. I actually don't feel like I want to run faster than that. Or I don't feel like I wanted to do, you know, pick any other random activity that I could have chosen. And, and the thought that I had that I wanted to point to here was um, when you're younger, at least when I was younger, I kind of railed at the thought that someday I'm going to have to slow down or stop doing X or shift to Y or accept help or all these things. And now I'm thinking, yeah, actually, no, that's not what's happening. What's happening is <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do the things that I didn't want to shift to getting help. I'm like, no, I don't. I just feel like. I don't need to do all this stuff that would require so much more help. And I'm, I feel like I'm more interested in, in generally slowing down, maybe not like running more slowly. I would just mean generally like yeah. where once I would get 30 things done in a day. Now I get 20 things done in a day and I don't feel any less. I just feel like, yeah, that was still great. Um, so I, that was a perspective that I was thinking about, like how could I like specifically Craig, how could I possibly try to imagine what it would be like before and after. And I, I don't know if that's super helpful because what are the chances of anybody else having the same experience? It's like zero. I hope um, not, yeah. You, 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 I'm air quoting, won the lottery, you won the bad lottery, you know, and it's a very rare occurrence for it to just be completely uh, out of the blue. Um, but that's something that, that interests me here is like, what are the takeaways for people who are listening? Um, so I think, uh, and this is something that I think, like specifically practicing parkour as well as like long distance running. Sorry, I just hit my desk here. As, uh, as, well, <laughs> as well as long distance running, which I also like, um, and probably some meditation, which I did like more often a few years ago and perhaps a few years before the, the stroke. They sort of helped me be in this frame of mind that, okay, 
this is this is what's happening. Like you know, there's no point in being angry or being bitter. This is that's just it. This this is what it is. Mm. Uh, and the only thing I can do about it, or rather, in many ways, is I can't do anything about it right now. What I can do is like not panic, you know, not get bitter. Like all of that will only make me stop. Will only make it worse. Make it worse. So like, and they said this came sort of naturally, but I think this is a mindset that I had. Actually, this sense is like this is what's happening. That this like kept coming back to me over and over and over. Like this was happening, and as I was as, as I was recovering, I spent I think about two months in the rehab clinic, and then I was I came back home. Uh, I was recovering well, but still I had to go back like almost every day for therapy for, for a while for a few months. But especially when I was in the clinic, uh, and for the first month or so. I couldn't walk. I had a walker. Even then, like I walked as exercise. It wasn't like pleasant walking. It was very slowly going forward. It is like training, but it's not like oh, I'll just go for a walk. It wasn't that. I couldn't even leave leave the building. <clears throat> so I had lots of time, like in bed, just like looking at the ceiling because also I couldn't <laughs> see properly. So it's hard to like read. At some point, I. I a friend gave me a, a subscription, subscription to like an audiobook service, which like really helped me. But still, like I, I had a lot of time to just do nothing but you know, contemplate life. And um, and this idea that okay, like again, this is this is what it is. Like this is what this was happening. Like I'm here, like on my own, like in this room. I'm not in my house. I can't walk, I can't see, I can't speak, I can't hold things. Uh, what, like, what do I do? And then, and then, what do I do? Would become, I'll go for like for, for a training walk because I know that any movement in my legs will help me. I'll start touching my fingers, like with the other fingers, like just it, this is practice. Like this became like you know, it's like lifting weights, like for the fingers. If you can't do anything else, or like. Or even I say, I'll try to see, I'll cover one eye and try to look, uh, try to see with the other. And then, like, what happens if I uncover both? Uh, then I'll just get double vision. But can I make the, the images, like, with my, just with my head? Can I make the images, like, <clears throat> as merge? Mm. Uh, and, of course, I couldn't for a long time until I could. Uh, but it's like, in a way, it became sort of a game, like a pastime. But something that, okay, this is, I have time to fill. It's like when you're, you know, if you're doing, I don't know, you know, if you have to QM backwards uh, up the stairs like a you know, hundred times, you have time to, to kill and you know, you're doing something. <laughs> or if you're running for, you know, 30 kilometers, you're thinking a lot of the time and then just entertain yourself. Um, so I think, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of it was like the, 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 the I'd say the, the main takeaway, even for, even today, because today I, I find myself again being annoyed or bit of frustrated things I, I cannot do. I I go back to it. Well, hang on. When I couldn't do a lot more than I can't do now, I took it easier. What's happening? And then I have to go. This is just what's happening. How do I move on? What do I do now? Now that this is reality. Uh, I think that's a really healthy perspective. Um, uh, I, there's a 
quote. I, I forget which, what philosopher, which philosopher said this, but something like all of man's problems arise from not being able to sit in a room quietly by themselves, <laughs> <laughs> which, which comes from, you know, the, the underlying idea of that quote is that you need to have your thoughts sort of under control. You need to be able to, to like enjoy spending time with your own thoughts. Um, and a lot of what you were describing there sounds like somebody who was pretty good, like from day, however you think of the days that are post, <laughs> you know, day one, <clears throat> the first day of your new life. Um, sounds like you were pretty good at that right out of the gate. And I'm wondering, you kind of alluded a little bit to, you know, maybe you were a little more excitable or frustratable or not so good at receiving help before. Um, but I'm just wondering if, did that, did you think you were a little more prepared than maybe you were when you were a teenager or like it did your journey of studying parkour and um, there's a lot of books in the background. Like, I'm just wondering, uh, did you also draw the lucky card about being someone who was able to sit alone in a room by themselves? Um, mm -hmm. Or do you feel like there were some particular things that you did or that you chanced upon that served you well? So I never specifically, I was never specifically chasing that like in this inner peace i can just be on my own but i have for instance for a while i meditated in small amounts but because i you know just felt relaxed felt good uh i also gravitated in more recent years i mean last 10 years perhaps towards things like parkour and um and running especially long distance running hmm. which are or can be like somewhat meditative, meditative. in that sense. Like it, they, 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 they force you to look inwards a lot. Um, so in, in long distance running, that's obvious because you're not talking to an onion running for, for hours. <laughs> and then, yeah. I'm only chuckling because I just read Haraki Marakurmi's, uh, if that's his name, uh, the book on what I talk about when I talk about running. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you read that? <laughs> I yeah, just no, read, exactly. I read the, I'm not a long distance runner. No way. Um, I wouldn't mind being one, but I'm not a long distance runner. <laughs> but when I was reading his book, I'm, I'm thinking like he's, he was saying these things. And it, I, I always love when I get multiple, like, yes, thank you for saying this. I need to hear this more, Rodrigo, um, about how, because when you're running, there's there's not much else you get to yeah, do other than exactly. run. <laughs> and also at, at some point, like if you run long enough, uh, you, it's, it's going to hurt. And but then you still have to run. It hurts, but you, know, you have to keep going. And then, like something, something that I learned as I as I you know, as I started running longer distances is that like the best thing to do when this happens is not to try to distract yourself because the instinct would be oh, I'll just think of something else. I'll just sing a song. But if you do that, you just keep on getting distracted and pulled back into the pain, which you're trying to avoid. That that can be very, very frustrating. So what I read multiple times, it, I wish I could remember, like, the good reference for this, is that to look, like, actually focus into the pain with curiosity, like, you know, like what what's happening, like, what is what is in pain. Like why are we in pain? Like what happens if I change things slightly? And that's not even you know you're not even trying to ease the pain or make it go away. It's just no, just again, this was happening. Like mm. you're there's something you know, there's something hurts. So let me just think about it a bit. Let me just focus on that. Like if it is like whatever your left 
court, think about it, like what's happening? Why just left one of the right? Like it's it hurt all the time. Does this still hurt? You know, if I slightly change uh, what part of my foot strike the ground, does it hurt? If I run a bit faster, if I run a bit slower, uh, and you think about the things like, and, and what happens is you sort of get distracted, but you get distracted in a way that doesn't, doesn't feel um, like unnatural. It doesn't feel like you're trying to fight that that pain. You just mm. yeah, you just go into it, um, and this helps a lot. You know, I also find that that kind of mentality in parkour because in the end, like even when we're like training in in larger groups, everyone's talking, everyone's chatting, and it, it can be a very like f- fun group group activity. Like when you're facing like a, a, let's say a challenging jump, like at least in that, in that second just before the jump, that's just you. Like nothing else exists. It's just you, uh, and like it's kind of vary from person to person, day to day, and like jump to jump. But so maybe like the whole day is very introspective, or maybe like just staying there for a few minutes, or just looking at that jump, or maybe like you're making fun and talking to people and being loud, and then then focus on the thing. Then that's just you, you, you know, moved inwards. And I really like that. I, I like the the the, 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 the expensive uh, side of it as well. I like talking to people. I, I, I'm uh, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a shy extrovert. I get take energy from from being in groups. Uh, especially for things like parkour, which are like hard, like I take energy from that. But I know, uh, and I practiced, like being able to focus into like myself when when I need it, when the time comes, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when it's something hard or dangerous for whatever definition of danger. No, usually, dangerous movements <laughs> I might get wet, <laughs> right. or I might look bad. You know, it's, it's not. You know, I'm not jumping off high buildings, but. I might get wet or I might look silly or no, I might land my butt or something like this. But either way, like at those moments, like when you need it, essentially you can focus inwards. And actually at those moments when there's, when you can't tune away the chatter, like I I just can't do the jump. Like I'll I'll come, I'll try later or I'll go somewhere else. I mean, even after people do quiet down. So like those things, I think like being able to, turn yourself inward and then like move on, like tell yourself, okay, okay. So what next? Uh, I think it, it, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to like, well, maybe one day I'll have a stroke. Like, I wasn't trying to, 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 to plan for something like this. Um, I actually sort of quite like this introspective side of things. Um, but like on general, like preparedness for life um let's say approach i think i think it is i've always thought i've long thought that it, it is useful it's an important thing to be able to deal with it like if something comes mm-hmm. deal with it with like and not panic like being be calm about it like, because you know if you panic you die is actually right so if you're calm you, you 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 figure something out if nothing else you figure out how to live with it and, and I think this kind of mindset really helped me through. I, I can't think of a <clears throat> single thing that I can say after that <laughs> that would do it justice. Um, I think I will just say, and of course, the final question, <laughs> three words to describe your practice. 
so I, I actually thought about that like before the post. I, I knew it was coming, of course, a long time listener. Um, and I'll give a bit of context. So as, as I mentioned, uh, I, 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 I train for a core and I, I, I run. Um, and there's also a few other things that I practice over time, like in the last years. Um, I did some sort of strength training. Now I'm doing calisthenics. I like with a coach. I used to just do like just go to the gym on my own. Uh, and but the what happens with that is that it's too many things to focus at once. So <laughs> you know it's very frustrating because I don't have enough time for anything. Like, oh yeah, you should like do maybe do strength training three times a week. But also like any running plan will require you to run four or five times a week maybe and then parkour at least to like at the very least otherwise not making any progress also uh i train on my own here in amsterdam uh i haven't found a parkour generations which is my favorite uh, sort of gym to, gym and group to, to 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 train parkour with here in amsterdam uh so i ended up training on my own uh which is not always easy because it's you no know, the motivation goes, uh, so, and I'm not, but the best of at discipline. So anyway, as you can see, just by, by, by rambling, uh, I struggled to find like a good way of putting all the things I want to do in a week. So, uh, I end up shifting a lot, end up like, doing things, uh, like a bit of this and a bit of that, or like uh, I do, I say, I focus on parkour for a while and this, oh, actually it's raining too much. Like maybe I'll just focus on running. Cause then every time I go to the parkour spot now it's wet and I can't do anything. So, just, so I, 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 I switch focus <clears throat> and so on. I, I need to do more strength training cause I can't you know, do a climb up properly. So I'll do more strength training. Um, so in the end, like if you look at the big picture, it, it, it's a big basket of the things I want to do and it's all in there together and I'll shake and somehow <laughs> my, my week will come out. Uh, all this to say that I think I would, again, I thought a bit about this and I thought, well, should I talk about, should I describe my actual practice, my, my desired practice? Like what I should do. But in the end, I think I describe my practice as bit of everything. I love it. Um, I'm I'm nodding along the whole time because I have the same. I'm going to say it's an embarrassment of riches to have the time and the resources and the ability to to like try so many different things and then try to force myself back into like please just pick only twenty three. Can't you can't have two hundred and four? Um, but I love that. That's a good <laughs> bit of everything. That's a good answer. Um, so I will just say it was. Um, a pleasure to talk to you both in person, and I appreciate you coming on to tell your story and to share uh, your journey. Um, I know that a lot of people ask you about that, but I really do appreciate you taking the time and being so open about talking about it. So thank you so much, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.